Welcome back. Season four, episode three of Comic Book Nation, your one-stop shop for all things geek culture talk and the official podcast of comicbook.com. And we cover a lot of DC content. <laughs> well, you're coming out a little coming out way too hot. All right. Coming out way too hot. We do all things geek culture. What we do here is what's never been done before. We try to create a one-stop place for all things geek culture. And I don't think we embody that more than we do today with today's show. It's all converging. It's all converging. This is the convergence. <laughs> this is what those other podcasts that we love don't necessarily do. We got everything coming together today. We are going to combine the worlds of wrestling, Marvel, DC, Star Wars. I'm probably going to throw a little horror and anime in there just to keep the circles complete. And we video are going to discuss it all. Video game. Yeah, it's all going down. This is what we do. So we're going to do what we do. It's going so down. without further ado, these are my co-hosts, Matthew Aguilar. Yay, yay. Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and to complete our convergence today, we have a superstar who is a super fan who basically also covers this streaming game that we're getting into, Janelle and I mean, like, like I said, this is a convergent <laughs> show, right? Geek singularity yeah. as people are geekdom singularity. Norin is rad points out in the comment comments. Exactly, sir. The geek singularity. So, Matt, why don't you tell the people who our special guest host is for today? Yeah, buddy. So uh, today we have Johnny Wrestling himself, Johnny Gargano. Hey. Hi, hi, everybody. Hi. I, I believe you've talked about the physical embodiment of geekdom, and I. I pride myself on being the physical embodiment of geekdom. So I'm glad to be here. Yeah. First question. Yeah. Which store let you just set up shop for this podcast <laughs> in one of its uh, aisles? So I live, people don't know this about me. I live in an abandoned Toys R Us. Like uh, I oh, just, man. I moved in, they were moving out. I was like, can I move in? And they were like, yeah, sure. Hop on in there. So that's where I live now. So it's pretty fun. It goes great. Man. What do you do with all the carts? <laughs> What do I do with all the like the the packaging comes in? Yeah, like all the, oh, the shopping <laughs> cards. I didn't pack it. They said cards. I thought we were getting really really geeky right off the bat. Uh, uh, well, you know, I, I put my my shopping like my groceries in there. I take them to stores with me, so they come in handy. Uh, I actually do. I really do. Jousting, obviously. I, I really do have a uh, a Toys R Us uh, hand basket that my mom bought for me off eBay. <laughs> and I, was, yeah, I really do have one somewhere around here. Uh, Cause I was so sad that Toys R Us's were dying that yeah. uh, my mom bought me a Toys R Us little hand cart. So that's I have amazing. Yeah. Also just got to give, got to give props uh, to the Power Rangers figures in the back. There's so much more I, that you can't even see. Above. I see. Them, yeah. I ceiling. see. I spot the, I think I spot, yeah, the, I spot the movie figures and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, props there, uh, man. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. You know, uh, uh, some big things coming up for you. Fatherhood, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. The biggest thing probably, right? <laughs> oh, one of us. Yeah. One yeah. Of us. One, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, don't. No, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I was a dad for a puppy for the past two years. And uh, that was good training, I feel, for I think that's the next logical step. So you got the puppy and then you get the, the real thing eventually. So the real thing is coming in about three weeks. Well, I, idealistically, it comes in three weeks. It could come today. It could come. Any, we're in the we're in the oh, red man. zone right now. Yeah. We're in the red zone. Oh, man. I wish we could, it could come at any point. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could leave. We had the legal royalties to play final countdown right now. We don't have that kind of money. <laughs> yeah, I can sing it. Yeah. I yeah. could. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. you know, before too long, you'll be on here doing streams with uh, princess princess card teams. holders as key parts of your set, like I do. <laughs> I love That's it. That's just what life becomes. Uh, I mean, my, my wife congratulations. Thank you. My wife could be going into labor downstairs right now. I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, lucky us. That would be keeping in the tradition of this yeah. podcast to have things like that happen. Yeah, that would. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, we have babies screaming, and you know, my kid wrecked a TV one time. Like, it's it's a lot of that goes oh, on. Yeah, that did happen. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that was we keep it real. We keep it very real life. You're in good company, uh, and congrats. I make the joke all the time now because we're talking about Twitch and whatnot. Because. Uh, Canis was on my stream last night. I was like, if if you go into labor live on Twitch, is that against the rules? If I just keep keep it streaming? <laughs> as long as you don't show any yes, no, any private parts. You're fine. I mean, yeah, it's, it's fine, as right? Long as yeah. does not violate community rules, you TOS should TOS yeah. is a thing. And Look, as long as you're not train, playing any copyrighted music in the background, you're fine. The high train, <laughs> the high train that would happen when that baby pops out, though, exactly. would be well, that's what I was actually going to ask you next about Twitch. I mean, welcome. First of all, like, I'm a Twitch streamer. That's like yeah. my jam. And welcome to the platform. Are you enjoying it? How has it been for you to be on Twitch? I am. It's been tons of fun. Uh, the thing I miss the most about not wrestling right now is being able to uh, communicate with fans and be able to uh, just, I guess, hang out with them or just get any type of instant feedback from them so being able to stream on twitch now gives me that interaction with them that i haven't been able to have in the past so it's been tons of fun i really enjoy it uh i really enjoy trying to come up with different content that i could do with my community and yeah you're like very that. diverse so, in your content i love I try, that do you see any like cosplays or like are you gonna wear anything from your wrestling maybe on stream so, yes or? so i have already so the okay. thing that's happened the past couple times uh on our stream so this uh, if we hit like a complete level five hype train, I have to go get one of my takeover vests. I'm sure Matt knows what I'm talking about. One of the vests that I've worn at my past takeovers and the people in the chat get to pick which takeover vest I wear. And they're not very comfortable. So it's not fun <laughs> to wear at all. They're very tight. And then, <laughs> then another thing was uh, we had a sub goal that if we hit it, I would have to dance like Shawn Michaels. And if you have seen Shawn Michaels dance, he does the sexy boy dance, which is, is something. So I ended up giving my wife a, a lap dance on one of my streams as well. So it's been, it's been wild so far. <laughs> we have some fun. Trust me. Yeah, the H the HBK dance was epic. Was, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's a good. People day. were very happy, about it. but people are like, "Oh man, like it's so we're doing it because it's going to embarrass them." Like I have no shame already at this point in my life. <laughs> I wrestle half naked in front of strangers for like thirty years. Like I'm, I'm, I'm beyond shame at this point. I'll dance all night. <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh man, that's you were prepared for fatherhood, then, my friend. Yeah, yeah I'm, say, I'm ready perfect. to go. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you mentioned it, right? Because it's it's been you've got you've got so much going on right now um, that like I imagine you might not even be thinking about, you know, really returning to wrestling. Yeah. But do you already have a time frame in your brain, at least of like when you I, kind of want to be back? in the I ring? do. I do. But I always like leave the caveat of like I'll I'll revisit it when the little rascals here in like three weeks because <laughs> that could change everything like i could be like okay i'm gonna come back in april but then he gets here and i don't know i'm like ah, i mean i'm gonna wait a couple more months like it's just one of those things where i'm kind of leaving it open-ended i have a time frame in my head when i want to come back when i feel like i should come back but it's one of those things where we'll just see how things go 
For sure. Um, and then right uh, before we kind of roll uh, into our rundown here, what are what would you say is your most anticipated Marvel and your most anticipated DC project Ooh. of 2022 to this oh, point? OK, to this point. Yeah, uh, yeah. obviously, I think I'll go DC right off the bat because everyone thinks I'm like more of a Marvel guy, which I am more of a Marvel guy. That is true. Uh, but obviously the Batman is, I'm a big Batman guy. So that is an easy one for me. And I, I mean, it's an easy one for Marvel as well. Cause, uh, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, of course, as you can see with my shirt that I'm wearing, I'm right obsessed now. with uh, your shirt. I'm yeah, a Strange you. fan. I wore it on, yes. I wore it on purpose. Uh, oh. that, I think that for sure, especially like the possibilities that, I mean, I've, I've obviously seen leaks, leaks. I've seen uh, or like people are saying that some things are going to happen. And I'm just going to say, if those types of things happen in this movie, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for it. I'm so excited. Uh, it's going to be so good. All right. Uh, Kofi, you want to roll uh, into uh, some Star Wars? I mean, yeah, I think Johnny's earned his place here. Uh, yeah, he's definitely carved out his place in the gang. He's he fits all the right criteria. Yeah, so uh, let's get Thank to you. it like butter. Yeah, so throwing you into the deep end right off the bat, let's go over to Star Wars. Like I said, this is a geek convergence today. We are touching on pretty much everything. So Star Wars time. All right, guys, let's get to talking. Uh, Book of Boba Fett. So we're four episodes into the Book of Boba Fett. It's time to ask the question, is the Book of Boba Fett a disappointment? Some people have been, I mean, this has been going on online ever since the show began. Um it's a question that's kind of hanging in the air. There's all the jokes and memes, the book of boring fat, you know, all this stuff, you know, you, you can insert your own <laughs> jokes. So I will say this. Java uh, the Hutt once said. Oh, Rich coming in. Oh, that was about as much as Rich we can legally. No, <laughs> no, that's as much as we can legally play of audio. <laughs> that's about budget, it. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. a nice show budget here. Yeah, man. That's it. yeah. Uh, thank you, Rich. Um, yeah, in the background <laughs> with the trailer, so you guys watching can see this uh, book of Boba Fett trailer. I mean, look at this. I mean, that doesn't this look intimidating and you know badass, Godfather? But um, even I, I we all know, like, I mean, it, uh, based on my tinfoil hat rants last episode, if you want to listen about breaking down all this Star Wars stuff that's happening, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. But he, I mean, even I have to admit that I watched episode four of the book of Boba Fett and was just kind of like, damn, man, like, are we going to really recount like everything Boba Fett did before we got up to this present action point? Like, do the flashback end like when he was on the toilet that morning before he decided, yo, I'm going to go out and unite all the crime syndicates like because we are getting a little lengthy in the flashbacks. But um, at the same time, I do kind of just I think what I said in the beginning is the same opinion I have now. This is kind of the separation between the mainstream appeal of Star Wars you get with like the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda and more of this is the first time I think we're doing Star Wars live action like the real deep kind of star Wars deep dive lore. Uh, if you like Boba Fett and, and you've always been interested in this character, like just getting to kind of spend this time with him is, isn't going to be bad for you. And I will say, I think that, you know, there's been a lot of attempts since primarily since the two thousands to take, you know, villains or anti-heroes and quote unquote, like demystify or unmask them and make them and get us to know them better. And I have to say, of all those attempts, this still stands as one of the better ones, I think, to kind of take a character who's literally been in a couple scenes in a movie and they, in the movies, take off his helmet and be like, make this interesting for people. And I think they they're doing a pretty successful job. I think some of the Robert Rodriguez of it all gets in the way when you get like the color, you know, the hype 
biker cyborgs gangs and all that but overall i'm liking it and i think if we could just cut down i think we've done just about every flashback i think there's one more flashback we can do with like boba fett and shen fennec shan you know coming back to the beginning of the mandalorian season two and how they found you know the mandalorian and the armor and i think that's coming next week and we all know what the music at the end of episode four was trying to tell us to get hyped for we know what's happening next week i won't spoil that here but uh I think these last, I think it's what three more episodes we got. I think there's seven, and right. I think they're gonna. I think they're, we're gonna start hitting as uh, you know, to borrow the term, the hype train right about now. Did you? I have a question. Did you answer the question? <laughs> Listen, counselor. <laughs> all right. Was, well, for the court, bed, for the stenographer, in case the stenographer no. didn't catch it the first you time, went on a I think it's a little bit. I don't think it's a disappointment. I think it is a kind of. I think it's different than we thought it was going to be. And there's a lot more of the actual past book of Boba Fett than we thought. So I don't think it's a disappointment. I think it's been a slow burn. And I think some people like that and some people don't. I don't feel disappointed in it. I think Tamara Morrison is great. I think learning more about Boba Fett, getting black Kersantan and just kind of seeing all these different things we're getting out of it for the deeper star Wars fans, for fans like us who've done the animation, watching the comic reading, I'm good with it. I just try to understand the other people, but I can easily turn off that impulse, Matt. <laughs> I, I just wanted you put the question in here. I just wanted to an answer the question. All right, Johnny Janelle, what'd you guys think? I'll let Johnny go first. Cause he, oh, okay. well actually here, I'll just say this. This yeah, is, okay. this is my jam. I am a casual Star Wars fan. I'm not an expert by any means. I grew up with it in the background. It wasn't like a diehard. And I am still extremely interested in this series. And I am thoroughly enjoying it. So I feel like if they can get me to want to watch this week to week, I don't know why people have such a hard time with this. And and I don't know any of the lore about Boba Fett. Like I, when it came out, I didn't even realize the connection of, of the pit. And I didn't know any of that. So I, I'm I'm curious to hear from the experts because as a casual fan, I really enjoy it. All right. Uh, speaking as a, a person who has a Star Wars room in his house, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm obviously a huge Clone Wars fan, huge Rebels fan, uh, all of that. Uh, I feel like wrestling fans and Star Wars fans are kind of similar in the sense where they really like to, they want things now and they don't want to wait to see how things play out. They, they want things now, obviously. And I think people with Book of Boba Fett were, was expecting one thing. They were expecting all action. They were expecting, uh, and like you said, when you try to demystify, I, I, I'd say it's almost like if The Undertaker had a uh, had a show like this, people would be like, oh, that's not The Undertaker I want to see. I want to see Undertaker kill people and bury people. I want to see Undertaker do this. Well, I feel like, we're going to get there. I feel like you're going to get full Boba Fett soon enough. And for my hopes, I really pie in the sky. I really want them to go full Avengers Endgame with like all the Mandalorian characters. Uh, idealistically for me, I want to see a live action Cad Bane wherever that is. I don't know if it's in Book of Boba Fett. I don't know if it's anywhere. I just want a live action Cad Bane somewhere. That's Kofi's what I'm so waiting for. As I'm that Drake meme right now. Like, yeah, Kofi's so happy when you said that. Yeah, it's been coming That's up. That's what I, I mean, want. I think this is where we're headed, though. I think this is the payoff that I've been saying the whole time is we're doing all this, but we're going to get this payoff where it is like the five, you know, the godfather, like everybody around the round yeah. table. And it's going to be like 
people like you and me just murking out over every Star Wars bounty hunter underworld creep that's like major figure yeah. that's still alive at this point. I mean, I want to see it all. I want to see Han Solo. I want to see Chewie. I want to see Lando. I want to see Kira. I want to see Cad Bane. I want to see. I want to see Black Crusader. I want to see every. I want to yeah. see Afra. I want to see everybody around Afra. the table. I want that one scene to launch any number of other Star Wars projects and just. And I promise you, know. you, if that happens at the end of all this, if like all, say again, pie in the sky, that does happen. I feel like anyone that complained about this show is going to completely reverse course and be like, no, that show, that was great. That was so good. Cause you got the payoff. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was you don't want to wait for the payoff. The payoff's coming. Yeah. You were working on a regular gig here. You have the proper <laughs> level of cynicism and call out proper level of cynicism and call out for our feather, for our fellow pundits. We love that. Yes. Yeah. No, um, I, but you're right. Yeah. There will be a bunch of people suddenly. I've experienced like, it many times in pro wrestling. Head. Trust me. <laughs> I know how it goes. Um, well, and so, okay. So they, they did tease, right? Wasn't it, uh, I can't remember who did it. If it was the showrunner or the producers or something, someone teased that that episode seven was going to be like that episode of like this, like switch up or, or flip or something's going to happen in there. That's going to, you know, contextualize things and, and throw everybody off course. Right. So excited for that. Like for me, my whole issue with the series was that I was waiting for the premise like to form, like we, we were doing, I, I didn't mind the flashbacks. I liked like a lot of like the whole train chase and like that whole thing with the Tuscans. Like, I love that stuff. Like that was actually really good. My whole thing was, okay, what is the point of the show? Like I need some kind of main through line because the other stuff is really good, but I, I just need to know what course I'm following. Right. I'm that guy. Like I just need to have at least some little thread. Right. So, and in this episode, we finally get that. Someone mentioned it in the comments, we finally get that. Like essentially this is a turf war and this is going to be Boba's crew without any help. It looks like <laughs> Boba's crew uh, against like this other crew. And and they're going to be kind of going after like this territory and the, and the spice trade, and all these things. Right. So that, that gives me just enough to follow it through all the other stuff. This, I loved this episode. I don't know. I, I thought this episode was, was awesome. I really love at any time Fennec and Boba are in a scene together. Like it doesn't even matter if it's just a glance between them. They're so they're so good together in scenes. I will just like eat that up with a spoon. Like it, the whole ship thing, by the way, that ship is completely impractical. That ship is yeah. almost useless. Man, this whole I mean, I can't, I can't, I, sometimes I can separate myself to just be objective and intellectual, but sometimes I am a black fan watching this stuff. So when he leaned his ship over that, you know, I was every black fan in a horror movie. Like, come on, man. Like, screaming <laughs> at the screen at like four of the movie. Like, what are you doing? Why are you, are you going back? Your guns are on the side. Uh, why, why would you do that if you have yeah. no way to retaliate? Anyway, but I, I did find that amusing. But like, I really just enjoy, I really enjoyed this episode. And now that we have that, those marching orders for going forward, I'm good. Like, and plus I also saw that like things kind of wrap around in this episode. So I imagine we might get a little bit more flashback, but I don't think it's going to be to the extent no, that we've somebody had. Somebody pointed out in the comments. Yeah. They did signal to tell everybody like, Hey guys, you chill we're good. Cause he comes yeah. out of the back to tank and they're like, so we're done with that. You're, you're good. You're He's healed, man. You're healed. <laughs> <He looks good. laughs> hey, as, as someone who was not, I have a, I have a friend of mine who's like hardcore loves Boba Fett, like anything Boba Fett he owns. <laughs> and I was always like, he would always talk to me about Boba Fett. And I'd be like, I know I, I, I like the character. The character is cool, but I never had that kind of attachment to the character. And so as a person, 
I just like, oh, he's got a cool piece of armor and there's a lot of comic book characters that have cool costumes and then there's nothing behind the scenes, right? So that was kind of how I felt. And this series has made me a much bigger fan of the character because I got to know him as a person. I think I was going to say, and I was going to maybe end is, I think this is the episode where you get the best sense of kind of Tamara Morrison bringing the actual badassery of Boba Fett out without the armor. Like when he's in the sand and he says that thing to Fennec and he's like, I am Boba Fett, like, and all that stuff. You're like, Oh man, like there's a lot that kind of leans on his reputation and his, and his just general badass nature in this episode. And I thought it was good to do that without the armor for once. So yeah, I, I'm still down with the book of Boba Fett and I think the payoff's going to be worth it. Like, so I'm in, I'm with Johnny. Like I want to see yep. this table of crazy things and I'll be freaking out for the next, you know, wild watch watching it live too i just want to say when he went to the sand pit i thought he was going i didn't even put two and two together that he was going to try to find his armor i thought he was just really mad yeah oh good for him yeah go for it oh i, I did too i was like oh man we putting hits on the sarlacc yeah, I was like, wow i was like that's this the first thing he's doing good on him like, fed you petty like uh, yeah you just you killing the sarlacc yeah. but um yeah all right so we're still in for book of boba and uh, I think we're going to have some really fun episodes about this coming up. I mean, for us, not just them, but for us to freak out here <laughs> with you guys about after that. Um, all right. Let's talk Peacemaker real quick. So Peacemaker episode four is out. Uh, last week, we did a whole thing with Jenna from uh, Phase Zero coming on. We had a little chat with James Gunn. You guys can hear that. But um yeah, we cover DC content here. So Peacemaker, let's talk that. Uh, episode four, I'm still loving this show, by the way. Like, I think this is, ugh, I don't want to start something, but this is like my favorite comic book Ooh, spicy, TV show spicy of, the last, of the last year. So, so wow. far it is. Wow. Like, uh, I just really like Peacemaker. I mean, um, not many have released in 2022, so. No, I'm just saying of the last, <laughs> I'm saying year to year. 2021 year over I'm year. Joking. Yeah, yes, I'm putting yeah. it here. He's including 2021. Um, oh, I, I just really enjoy oh, it. Man. I think it's really Bold. good. I think James Gunn wow. just nails just kind of comedy, oh, horror, action, and, and really good character work, like making you feel like a softer side to these completely demented, amoral characters. Like, I mean, I just think it's really good. But um, anyway, we're not getting into the weeds on that. What we came here is we wanted to highlight one part of episode four that I thought was really hilarious and especially stood out, which is kind of Peacemaker, a.k.a. James Gunn's uh, kind of rant about Batman. If you've seen the episode, uh, Peacemaker always argues with his dad's elderly neighbor who keeps trying to say to him that he's a villain and he's like, I'm a hero. And so they have a whole conversation about Batman and whether Batman should kill in Clearly, Peacemaker feels that Batman is a uh, expletive for a certain, you know, genital part that uh, because he doesn't <laughs> kill. Um, and dance around that was yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. Well, <laughs> it's unnatural for me to dance around Fallon. I, I, I do it for this show. Uh, so the question that came out of it that we have to talk about is, guys, should be Batman be killing more? Should Batman kill? Like is the whole thing they put in the show is the whole Joker conversation, which we always come back to is, is Batman indirectly responsible for, you know, mass amounts of deaths because he doesn't murk the Joker like he should and kind of leaves him going. 
Or do you guys still buy into this whole code of the Batman? Like if I kill, I'm as bad as them as anything, because I know that court officer Matt is on the case. I will just go ahead and give you a clear answer right up front. I said one thing. I sat here and pondered one thing this season so far. Uh, I sat down and pondered this um, and I thought, you know, for my own answer, I think that society rules, you know, I think that school rules are a lot like community rules are a lot like prison rules. I think whenever you got groups of human beings, the rules are always end up being similar and going by that kind of understanding of the world from my own twisted perspective. I think that like prison, you sometimes you got to listen to the rules of prison. You know, what do they tell you in prison? Like first day you got to go in and this is again for the schoolyard or any real community. You got to go in, you got to find the biggest person, you know, and you got to show, you know, in whatever fashion that you can't be intimidated or the weak one in the herd. And, and no matter what happens, you're going to be, you're not the one, right? Like you're going to be the strong it's one. It's gone to a very dark place. It has. So I think that Batman has to kill, but I think it's about who you kill, right? I think killing the right people is important. So you got to kill the right person. I think that Batman could solve a lot of Batman's problems with the right kind of kill. If Batman finally did kill the Joker in a very measured kind of not rageful, but like, you know, I got to do this and set the example way, you know, the thing that Batman villains get really chesty when they say, I know your limits and all that stuff. Well, if you take the Joker out, like you don't have, you, you know, you might not ever kill again. You might have to carry that weight, but Batman's good at carrying weight on his soul. So, you know, whatever. And you'd think the rest of the villains in Gotham would fall in line a lot better if they knew that. Yeah. Batman typically doesn't kill, but if you go too far, like this dude's going to stop you. So I think Batman's got to kill at least once is my answer. I think he wow. should kill the Joker wow. and get everybody else in line. But you know, what if, what if he gets a taste for blood? And yeah. just, see, that's no, the part I don't I buy. That that's the part I don't buy because that's stop. the argument. Everybody comes back and says, "But once you kill, there's like, whole multiverses just, built on this prospect." Yeah, battle. but it's always but that's a fallacy. We all, I mean, okay, we're all of a certain age. Group. We all came from. Okay, if you have a pop pop who's still around or, or knew a pop pop, and you're from my generation. Your pop pop probably went overseas and did some pretty unspeakable things that he never talks about and spent the rest of his life being a bread maker and a happy guy and the happiest little pop pop you've ever known. But he might have been over in the Pacific doing some horrible things. Pop pop means grandpa, I think. Yeah, Yeah, pop pop means grandpa. I know, but but here's the thing. The way you say it, though, makes me think of like, I thought you were talking about like. (laughs) <laughs> the method of killing. Yeah, no, I thought that. I, that's where my head went to. Yeah, pop so I was yeah, like, yeah. so if you oh, had no, that, and then the oh, no, I'm sorry, your grandfather. Yeah. Was like, you had what? a grandfather. Yeah. We're talking about grandfathers. So you had grandfathers, an entire generation who went over to Europe, the Pacific, Africa, whatever, mm-hmm. did some crazy stuff they had to go through, came home, never were violent again in a day in their lives. In fact, probably the opposite, never talked about it, carried all that, and just went on with their lives. And were your happy little pop pop grandpa all your life. So I don't buy the whole. I spend a lot of time thinking about this, as you can. What <laughs> does it show? Yeah, but I don't buy the whole. Batman is automatically going to go and kill somebody. I think Batman would kill somebody, and then he would hide. He would look tough on the outside, but he'd be at Leslie's office every day trying to deal and you know trying to deal with that. So I don't buy that. That he would just go become a serial killer because he killed one person. No, I think you can. You know, you would take Joker out and get everybody else in Gotham in line. They'd be a lot less. Riddler would be a lot less chesty. So, okay, so let's get the rest of the room's opinion on this, because that, that is a take. <laughs> what does everybody else think? Johnny, you go ahead. You take it. Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, I feel like 
like it, sure idealistically real world we're talking real world stuff if batman does kill someone that does scare other people and make people be like okay well i could potentially get killed by batman if i go too far but i feel like batman is is someone who abides by a code and if he breaks that code he's not necessarily the batman that we all know and love or i got love i guess but I don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> kind I, don't, of I get it. Like, I understand it in like a in a real life sense, but in a otherworldly sense, he's not Batman anymore. If he just starts killing people, then he's a whole different animal. But again, I don't. I don't know. That's yeah. tough. I can't. It's a hard even, question. It's not. I can't question. even because like where he went to. Like my dad. My dad went over and fought in wars, and he probably did unspeakable things. Uh, and now he's a normal person. He only kind of freaks out sometimes when we play paintball and he sacrifices his eight year old kid that kind of traumatized <laughs> me for life. But I mean, we are going to go into all that. Uh, <laughs> I saw my dad catch one in the forehead of paintball in a tournament. I'm still traumatized by that. Get <laughs> him laid out with a paintball splattered down his head. Oh, man. My dad, uh, when we were eight, uh, we were playing again. If you haven't, I've told the story on my Twitch as well. But if you haven't played paintball before, it sucks. It sucks. It hurts. <laughs> why did we do this laser tag is so much better i was like (laughs) i was like eight years old and i went paintball with my dad and and my friends and things like that and i got hit the first time and i was like i don't want to play paintball anymore but moral of the story is that we ended up doing a a match where it was me and my dad and my friends against a group of strangers who were in their 20s and uh my dad was in Vietnam, so he, he's trained in the art of all of this. <laughs> so uh, the game comes down to it's just me and my dad on one team and one stranger on the other team. And I'm sneaking around trying not to get shot because I don't want to play anymore. And this stranger grabs me. My dad sees what's going on. Stranger grabs me, pulls me in front of him. Again, I'm eight years old. <laughs> and he says, I have your son. What are you going to do now? What? There's a real story that happened. Hostage situation oh, happened. Paintball. <laughs> yo, pay, yo, people go cursed oh playing God. paintball fairly quickly. Yeah. My oh dad, my dad looks at me, looks at him, says, yeah, you do. You do have my son. Pulls his gun out, shoots me point blank in the range. I'm on his same team. I, I get hurt so bad. I go, ow, and I fall down. And then he shoots the other guy and wins the game. So <laughs> my dad sacrificed me wow. to win a paintball game. So again, <laughs> we're going where, where his head went from being overseas and at war and stuff like that. That's the type of person he became now. Again, mad respect to him now as an adult, but as a child, <laughs> very traumatizing. But Again, yeah. that had nothing to do with any of this. I just felt like, <laughs> no, no. Somehow you know, we work out things on this no, we'll it all good. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We work out stuff all the time. On this yeah, podcast. I think it did. Yeah, this is just a yeah. big therapy session, yeah. Rabbit, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is really hard for me to weigh in on because Joker is my favorite villain, and I do not want Joker to die ever. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. I know. Uh, I I am actually more. I don't that know. Kind I of like influence is why Batman should have done something about this. This girl's yeah. a nice streamer, and now she's like a Joker. <laughs> I mean, Joker is just like, he's just so good. Like, he's just such an awesome villain. Like, he's so terrifying and hard and like, but like comedic. He's just twisted. So, of course, I don't want to ever lose Joker. Um, But I, you know, it's, can I just like swing it back into Peacemaker? I read, uh, I read like this comment that James Gunn went on another podcast 
And he was like surprised at how territorial the folks were um, right, over at yeah. DC about saying like anything bad about Batman. Oh, I'm sure. And they I'm let him freely like massacre Aquaman and Superman, but they're so weird about like touching Batman and who he is and calling him the P word is just like crazy. And I just thought that was, to me, that's a turnoff. It's like, if you're going to, you need to give James like the complete freedom. They ended up doing that. Thank, yeah. Thankfully. But like, if you're going to, you can't like play both sides. Like if you're going to throw all of your heroes under the bus, throw them all under the bus. If you're going to, you know, say, Hey, you can't talk junk about, you know, one hero in particular. I just think that's kind of messed up. So that's why I was really impressed with, with the oh, story. That sounds good. I, and we okay, can all think way, Kumbaya, the, but I don't think you've seen the receipts from the Batman. The verse. lack of respect <laughs> because for if you Aquaman. See, the lack of respect, right? I mean, he went hard. Right? And then, like, yeah, like, leave him alone. Yeah, but nobody's saying this to Jason Momoa's Aquaman's face. Like, we're good. He owns most of the planet, mind you. Like, yeah. most of the planet is his kingdom. Thank you very much. That's yeah, whatever. you guys haven't seen the Batman receipts. If you saw the Batman receipts that uh, Warner Media has, you understand why they why they protect that thing at all costs. Yeah, yeah I know. They know where their bread is butter. They know where their bread is butter. Come on. You, you can't all right. just see about a joke like that, though, when Tower of Babel exists. All right, that dude. Batman is the most emotionally manipulative person on the planet. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can't like you can see that in Titans too. Yeah, you can like, see that everywhere. Yeah, yeah he's so an emotional bad. murderer. So how long? Are we, like, <laughs> like how many steps away are we talking? So I know we got to get to a to a break. So I will. Yeah, leave mine for later. Yeah. So I don't know what the rest of you care. I mean, I don't know if we ever answered it. I mean, we think we, we got it. to like should our families have killed is like where <laughs> we landed on this. <laughs> I think we started no. going down a weird Batman. path of. Of pop pops and yeah, dads, dads and, and all kinds of <laughs> Joker dying, but we don't we like Joker, so we don't want him to die. It has nothing to do with our current parenting anxieties. Nothing at all. Yeah, no, we're all, yeah but go peacemaker. Peacemaker's great. Yeah, we're all fine. Yeah, peacemaker. Peacemaker. Peacemaker's all right. great. Yeah, we're gonna take a break, Big get match, ourselves John, yeah. together, try to get ourselves together emotionally, and then we're gonna come back because we gotta talk <laughs> to Marvel and because Marvel shows, DC movies, comics, and oh. the current TV hit that we're gonna be late to plug, but we're plugging anyway. Anyway, so stay tuned for all of that. Back. Kofi's, Kofi's, Kofi's mic Kofi's is muted, muted. Yeah. but we are oh, so excited to answer the next topic. Right. Oh, good. Well, wow. Totally professional. Coming I did great. it last time. You're good. We have to Welcome back to Comic this. Book Nation. I was actually praising our uh, comment section today. You guys are hilarious. I was too busy. Yeah, there's a lot of great chat I was too busy that. laughing at some of these comments that you guys are dropping to notice. Aquaman that doesn't people. suck. He rules. I saw that oh, comment. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. We're off. And we're moving from DC for a split second. Uh, just to do a quick plug, um, I know we haven't talked about it all season, but uh, the first season of the Showtime series Yellow Jackets is now complete and streaming on Showtime. We never really jumped into this show. I think it's still building in hype, to be honest with you. I don't think it's broken out of the uh, onto the hype tracks yet, but it's getting there. It's coming out of the station. People are beginning to kind of uh, know about this. So this is just our kind of what you should be watching segment for Yellow Jackets. And if you don't know what this is, it's a series that's kind of like a reverse. I walk. can't imagine. Thank you. I cannot imagine either. I love those like first seconds of uh, <laughs> things we are legally allowed to do. Um, as you can see, if you're watching this with us, it stars some pretty iconic actresses uh, like Juliette Lewis and Christina Ricci, people we haven't seen necessarily in, a, in like a little bit. And it's kind of a reverse lost. Uh, 
it's about these women as adults who are trying to kind of navigate their lives. And they, you, they were this kind of hit, um, championship soccer team in the nineties when they were in high school, but while traveling to like a, one of their championship games, they got lost in the wilderness during a plane crash. So a lot of the series is flashbacks to what happened while they were in the, in about the year and a half that they were stuck in the wilderness with the survivors of their soccer team and stuff gets really stuff got really weird. And it's about how that influences the story in the present about what they're all doing. Like there's kind of hints about weird supernatural forces being in the woods, people going kind of Colonel Kurtz cults forming cannibalism, possibly like, and what happened between all these women when they were girls in, in, in the forest and how it is affecting their, their adult lives and how wow. they're kind of still kind of maybe a little nuts and some of them evil and all this other stuff that now that they've kind of been back in society. And so uh, it, it was kind of a quiet kind of bubbling cult hit in season one and it's poised for an even bigger season two. And you guys, I got to say, you should check it out. Um, Chris Killian of all people, I mean, I know I'm slipping in the game when Chris Killian has a jump on me, but uh, Chris Killian and one of our producers, Nick Floyd, were really animate about telling me to watch this. So I sat down and I started binging it after I finally caught up on Succession. And uh, yeah, Yellow Jackets is legit. It even And the young cast is pretty cool. It has Ella Purnell from, uh, um, what's that Zack Snyder movie uh, that we just saw? Army of the Dead. Army she played the- uh, Batista's daughter in Army of the Dead. She's one of the main characters. Um, Sophie Thatcher, who we just saw in the book of Boba Fett, the leader of uh, the, the cybernetic girl from the bike gang is one of the main stars of it. And yeah, it's really good. And like I said, it's probably the most lost thing we've had since lost and uh, really enjoyable. So if you have any access to the excellent showtime, as we all do as fine employees of uh, Viacom CBS, along with our Paramount Plus Mountain of Entertainment, we also have showtime. And I was happy to jump in and check this out. So uh, Yellow Jackets is the business. Yes. I read all the spoilers out. for the finale, by the way, because I was curious because I didn't know anything about the show. And then I read all the spoilers and like, you know, obviously, like none of it makes any sense to me because like, oh, no, these people are. <laughs> I don't know. What they're well, talking that's about. the great thing about it. It got me yeah. intrigued. Like, actually, it got me to the point, like, Spoilers work for me that way. Like I can read spoilers of something and be like, that gets me more intrigued to see it as opposed to the opposite. Like I don't have that kind of avoid. I have to avoid them to it'll ruin it for me. And so this actually got me intrigued because like I'll forget all that stuff anyway by the time I start. Yeah, well, that's a great thing about Yellow Jackets. It's not one of these things where it's like, oh, there's a big mystery that they're hanging and it's a reveal. And like this is the reveal we're all waiting for. When you start kind of getting into it, it's really the deeper story of the relationships between women, um, the kind of process of having to grow from girls into women. And it uses this plane crash and all the things that happen to kind of as metaphors for, you know, what women and girls go through and kind of the things they got to deal with and and the sides of themselves that, you know, we don't talk about or explore, you know, because that's what it is about. It's Lord of the Flies, right? It's like lost. It meets Lord of the Flies because when they get out and civilization's gone, it's like, who do these girls become? Like, who is the prom queen once they get into the forest? Who is the loser girl? Who is the weird girl? Like, you know, who do these people get to become when society's away? So it's all good like that. Um, and so it's deeper. So even if you read spoilers, quote unquote, it doesn't matter unless you've right. watched all the character work in the present and all that stuff. So I say all that to say, yeah. Um, Yellow Jackets is one of the better new TV shows I've seen in the last couple of years and check that out. If you have not already. All right. 
Now let's get back to stuff we can all talk about. Will Moonlight Moon Knight deliver? We shouldn't be doing this without old Jim Viscardi. I, I don't know if he'll show up in the pen. I was going to say, I'm amazed he hasn't shown up already. I know. I'm sure he's hovering. Jim, if you're out there, we'd expect you to be hovering oh, right geez. now. And uh, yeah, but uh, will Moon Knight deliver? And I guess I'm the only one I should speak of. I guess I'm the one who's been the biggest downer on this. I'm not the bigger, biggest believer yet in Moon Knight. I saw the trailer, y'all. I got it. Um, Oscar Isaac running around doing funny voices and spending most of his time not being Moon Knight. It does not automatically mm. screen hit at me. I didn't think about that. Uh, oh, Jim Viscardi has entered the chat. There yes, he is. He is. Um, he so I, I'm doubting, and, and I've told you why. Uh, I, I think I have a level of skepticism about all these COVID-era productions that happened right after the first kind of lockdowns release. Um, even Yellow Jackets, which I love, also still has that weird sense like in like Boba Fett, like you could only film in three locations and that's what you had to build your whole kind of season around is go into the store and back again. There's a lot of that in these shows. And I'm not sure that I feel like Moon Knight on its own will be entertaining. I think it's going to be the next Marvel series to be used as like primarily launch pad service. Because I think it's going to like launch all the supernatural Marvel stuff, possibly tie into like Black Knight and Blade, you know, and do all this other great stuff. But I'm just I'm hoping, Jim, hoping that the actual Moon Knight character and Mark Spector and all that stuff is a compelling center to the show as well. Um, but I'm not there yet. So so I so after the trailer, because like there's a lot to like in the trailer, um, Khonshu looks perfect looks <laughs> like stepped right out of the books no um, that old lady looks perfect because she looks like a perfect stand-in for conchu and i was like where'd you find that freaky old lady <laughs> <laughs> um like that there's there's parts of this um you know I, I love there's some of the visual stuff of like referencing the different you know personalities um my my biggest um because yeah uh, to answer this question i think it will deliver but I also understand where Kofi's coming from because I'm. Uh, there are a couple things that I'm still a little, um, not even skeptical about, just like unsure of. Like I, I, I remember seeing like uh, leaked photos of the Moon Knight suit, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna, you know, you never know, right? One, if it's fake, and two, if it's like post production, if it's done, you know, that kind of thing. So I gave it to then, and and I, I like the suit. I don't love the suit. And it's part of because mm. like that's that suit comes from a very specific or is inspired by a specific series um, that I also wasn't really a huge fan of that aesthetic in there. So, um, you know, and the other thing is Stephen Grant, like um, focusing on that character, like that's the of all of the different parts and, and personalities of Moon Knight. So you're talking Mark Spector, you're talking Jake, you're talking like all these different sides and Mr. Knight that is the mo- least interesting <laughs> angle for me because like, that's always been the least interesting angle for me in the comics. So us kind of centering things on that personality in the trailer. So that could very much change. And we see kind of like the battle between them uh, and the mystery of like, well, sometimes I'm Mark and then like I'm all of a sudden him because I'm freaking out about the gun that I see in my hand. Right. So there's, there's hints of like, Hey, they're kind of battling for control a little bit. Um, but like, I don't know. And then also just kind of changing it to where like, so he's not this kind of rich Bruce Wayne-ish playboy. He is now 
you know, this like works at a gift shop and like, I don't know, there's things to that that just don't necessarily appeal to me. But again, I think ultimately, like when it's all put together and we're looking at a whole body of work, I think it will deliver. And there's a lot more I like about it than I don't. But like, it would be wrong of me to just go Uh ignore them. (laughs) Jim, I'm with you. I love it. I saw saw Jim's reaction on phase zero. I know what he said. (laughs) I know what everybody else said. I'm going to let everyone else go. Okay, and then I'm going to tell you why Kofi's wrong. Let's hear Johnny. Johnny. Let's yeah, let's let our guests go. Look, what do you think I, about I always say, and I said this in the beginning, let it play out. Uh, I always go into things with an open mind, and I feel, I, I don't know, maybe this is bad on my part, but I have the utmost trust in Kevin Feige. I have the utmost trust in what they're going to do. Uh, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be fantastic. I think everyone's going to go nuts over it. And uh, it looks great to me. Uh, again, I'm all about just letting it play out. And I don't think one trailer is anything to judge anything on. I think you got a little taste. Again, just a tiny little taste. It's like probably like 1% of what the show is actually going to be. So I think it's going to be great. That's just me. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I feel like they're holding their cards a little bit and they you're right, Kofi. They didn't show a lot of like Moon Knight in it, but I think they're saving it for the show. Like I, I do believe that they're gonna show us more. Like I have faith in that too. And coming again as like a casual new fan to Moon Knight, I I was like up I I was speechless. I was watching this with my breath. I was holding my breath. My fiance, who literally knows nothing about Moon Knight, he he he's like, I don't even know what this character is. Like he was standing up in front of the TV, like super engaged, saying, Wow. So I think that's pretty promising. And Jim, I know you're just jumping in the business. Go, 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 go. You're fine. Look, here's here's what I'll say. I mean, look, Moon Knight (laughs) bias aside and whatever is this trailer is probably the first trailer since WandaVision that I think has given us a taste of something different from the MCU, right? This feels more like a, almost a supernatural horror thriller than uh, this, the usual cookie cutter stuff that we get from, uh, from Marvel Studios. Right. And so, Look, this, uh, I'm a fan of like all this stuff, but I think this is a, it's going to take a fairly divergent take from the stuff that we just got in, in Hawkeye, the stuff that we got, um, you know, even, Hawkeye even in Loki, so which, mm-hmm. huh? Hawkeye, Hawkeye and Loki were so good. They were, they were I mean, great, yeah, but they sure. Were but like, like, yeah. but like, but like, I don't, but They're none of them drove, I don't think any of, I don't think either of them drove the amount of conversation uh, that, were you you think are you are you hold on hold on you think Moon Knight the only conversation Moon Knight's gonna drive more than Loki is what the hell is going on in the show (laughs) is the conversation that Moon Knight's gonna drive no but look this is he had us looking at our lives and trying to contact our own variants like that's what Loki had I mean sure no I mean look I'm I'm more excited because I because I I truly think this is really going to be like look. Uh, I think Marvel just picked at the supernatural scab with the uh, uh, end credit scene at uh, in, in Eternals, right? With Dane Whitman and and uh, Blade, and I think this is this is truly going to begin that offshoot of Marvel, right? Like we we talk about this all the time. Marvel's got its its cosmic branch. It's got its you know it's like uh, real you know the Earthbound. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's got your like a spy espionage branch with like mm-hmm. the cap, uh, Captain America and uh, Black Widow and all that stuff. Um, I think now magic we're going to work. Yeah, it's got the magic mysticism stuff with Strange and Wanda uh, and all that going on. And I think now we're going to get uh, creepy, spooky, um, supernatural stuff. And, uh, and this kids, is really going to be the start for and the start their kids. Jim Viscardi just perfectly explained what I had already said. That Moon Knight, <laughs> instead of being this character-centric show, will be an awesome launch pad for an entire new se- like set, like corner of the MCU. My only concern... And what better character to start it, it off with than Moon Knight? I'm just concerned that we're going to Iron Man 2, like we're going to Iron Man 2 this whole thing. Whoa, you know whoa, I mean? whoa, whoa! I just watched Iron Man so 2 fun. last night. Don't, don't, and don't, don't try to don't, re- don't I'm not revisionist <laughs> history, but there were a lot of great pieces in that movie. That uh, that overall, I mean, it's overall a, uh, not a great movie, but there are some great pieces there. Uh, that there's you realize we're okay, there's some so great I, scenes in the spirit too, man. Oh, oh, those oh, out. oh don't bring the spirit into it. I had such high hopes for that movie. Okay, I do have like a serious <laughs> question though. If anyone is trying to prep for the show without having read any of the Moon Knight comics, where do you start? Like, what is the best backstory or like, what's going to prep you the best for this? I th- so, anyway, like, I've been, I've been, I've been telling you, I think you start with the 2014 run, which is the Ellison Shelby run. And you go all the way to the current day stuff. I think that will give you every aspect of the character that you need, uh, need to know. It'll tell you who Mr. Knight is um, and what that character, you know, what that persona is all about. Um, the Jeff Lemire stuff goes really deep into the various psyches uh, of Moon Knight. And I think, you know, once you get to that point, it'll give you a bunch of that. And then by the time you get to the, I mean, then the Max Bemis stuff happens, which I know Matt likes more than I do, um, is, uh, is obviously. And by the way, this show has a lot of that in here. Just, There's a lot of I'm Sun King stuff yeah, being, yeah, yes, being alluded to there. And so you get a whole arc of Sun King stuff there. And then, and then honestly, like the Jed McKay stuff that, that we're reading now is the most, I think it takes all of that stuff, yeah. packages it together in a way um, that makes the character incredibly uh, accessible. Um, it, the the earliest '80s, his first run, the '80s stuff, it does not really delve into the the, the DID of of it all with the character. That comes much later, um, mm-hmm. where like Moon Knight's other characters, basically the Jake Lockley, uh, uh, you know, Mark Spector and uh, Stephen Grant, were all just kind of like aliases for mark uh before they became um you know uh, straight up like identities in his head kind of thing and so uh there's only 200 ish issues of moon knight out now so like if you wanted to read the whole thing it's not a terrible uh project uh, reading project beforehand but i would start with the 2014 run and and go now we are going to put together um a comic book nation primer reading for you, yes. uh, to get started. I do like some of the they are not as critical to the character but like if you when Moon Knight trends right you see a bunch of people sharing panels uh, there's a lot of great panels from stuff that's kind of outside of yep. those kind of main books like there's Secret Avengers stuff that is really fun and like Moon Knight like there's old Spider-Man stuff during the Ooh. 90s that is really fun with yeah. him he's not the focus but he is part of a whole and seeing Moon Knight interact with other characters is awesome. So like there's stuff like that, that I think uh, will kind of be trickled in there to give you a sense of like, here's all the different, you know, like without being so here's everything you need to know about Moon Knight, just him, just how he interacts with the world and how the world interacts with him. Um, At the end of the day, I just need Moon Knight to deliver more than the back to tank of Boba Fett. 
uh, at this point. I missed oh, the Okay, talks, so so I need, I needed to deliver more than the, the back to tank of fat. All right. Oh, wow. Okay, then. Uh, well, there you go. Well, that is Jim Fiscardi, folks, on Moon Night. Have a great show, everybody. Jim Fiscardi is a baby Yoda Star Wars. He's one of those baby Yoda Star Wars. Hey, hey, hey. What's wrong with Grogu, man? I love Grogu. Nothing, but it just brought in a whole crop of people who, who, who became Star Wars fans because they love to plush dogs. But anyway, moving right along. So that is uh, Moonlight's unofficial PR representative, Jim Fiscardi, who dropped by. <laughs> To stump for his uh, character, and hey, man, at least the back to tank of Boba Fett is from today, and not just a spray painted Spawn '90s movie. Oh scene. come on, '90s is in vogue again, so I'm not gonna hate. All right, uh, let's go on, Matt. I know you have a yes, big. So thing. Let's move to my bias. About, yeah, your bias. The thing you're stumping for. I, I pretty much yeah. There's a couple of biases I have. One is behind me, obviously, and another is uh, is Batgirl. Uh, and I'm very excited. We got our first look uh, at Batgirl the other day. Uh, and I, yes, I flipped out when I saw that it was Burnside. And that was like one of my favorite versions uh, of the character. Uh, Babstar just killed that run. And uh, I just loved taking her out of Gotham. And so like seeing Leslie Grace, the outfit, the, the costume itself looks amazing. Wait, that's the one we picked, wasn't it? That was the one. That was the yeah. one I've wanted forever. And then I, I got yelled at a bunch, but I wanted forever. And I won. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I'm very excited. Sue looks awesome, but it's more about just that. Like the, the costume kind of just represents the approach, right? So the whole thing with, with her taking her out of Gotham, putting her into Burnside was just kind of a very fresh take at the time. And it was just getting the character out of the normal bat family stuff that was kind of surrounding the bat books at the time. And it was bright and it was colorful and it brought in all these new cast members. Uh, it brought up all these new characters like Francine. Uh, I love uh, Nadima, like uh, Kadir, like all these different characters that were kind of ended up being her team. And then it also brought in a bunch of new villains for her. And so there was just a lot to really love about that. It just kind of brought this energy back to the character and the character wasn't in a bad way before that, but it was just a really fresh take at the time uh and then since then it's gained a lot of fans i love that costume i think it's just so modern and fun i'm always a purple and yellow person yeah uh, when it comes to Batgirl. uh you know i love the 66 series obviously and then going for it i just love that color scheme so uh leslie grace is is gonna kill this like she just feels perfect for this character and i think for me i think this will deliver i think this will over deliver because originally if you remember this movie was an hbo max only this was going to be an hbo max only thing and at the time everybody was kind of like oh that seems like they're going hardcore on on hbo max it's like blue beetle was hbo max and a bunch of other things i think this is one of those that like this could end up being their sleeper hit of this year like when you look back at all the things and like the batman's gonna crush it and like the aquaman too like these things are gonna crush and do really well but i think looking back like batgirl might be the one that like people are kind of still talking about and like Ooh. oh man we really want more of that character kind of the spider verse you know what i mean of it will where that that movie kind of lingers in conversation no matter how many other movies come out <laughs> i think that one's going to be kind of that fan favorite by the end i think it could be so for me it's going to deliver um we haven't seen a trailer yet all that i just think all the ingredients are there to make something cool we'll have to wait and see obviously uh but that's i'm i'm hyped uh, as you can clearly as you can clearly tell what do you guys think Johnny, you want to you want to try to win some DC fans? 
Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not going to. I don't know if I'm going to win it. Actually, I. So I'm a huge Batman guy. I don't know if I. I'm not that deep into the Batgirl uh, stuff. So I. I that's kind of. But hearing him talk about it and hearing how excited he is for it is making me excited for it. And so, so when it does come out, I'm going to remember this conversation and be like, "Oh, if you're right or wrong." So I think you're going to be right. I think you're going to be right, though. I love it. Uh, it makes me happy. Janelle? Yeah, I feel like a topic of discussion that we were hitting a lot was the hair. We're like, what's going to happen? What are they going to do with the hair underneath the cowl and like all that? And it, they just nailed it. Like it looks so good. Her cape's not too long. Her hair is like blown in the wind. It is red. It's not uncomfortable red. It's just auburn and i love that i I would be so mad if they made it like bright bright scary red um and she looks hot like she's not overdone like it's not overly fitted it's not cut out in weird places like i'm all about this outfit and it has hyped me so much more on the show yeah it is not a 90s comic book outfit there's no invisible woman half naked invisible woman here it's like a biker chick like it is it's awesome i'm so pumped about this outfit all right Kofi, like, go ahead and rain on my go ahead no, and why would i why would i rain on your person <laughs> I, I i've been behind this batgirl pod project like entirely i think uh leslie grace is going to be a star i think the costume looks pretty sick and like just her swag and kind of demeanor looks like she's going to be an awesome batgirl i think she'll have the brains the brawn all that stuff that barbara gordon's known for i think she's going to be good i i'm i'm psyched and i'm more psyched just about brendan fraser coming back universe uh rich flash some of the pictures of him i mean right now we just see him as a i forget fireflies garfield what's his name i forget his full name uh, oh, i forget off um anyway yeah firefly <laughs> so i mean we just see him in this kind of civilian look with the kind of fireman, you know, ex-fireman jacket and stuff. But uh, I think Brendan Fraser is going to be great. And I think he's going to be a freaky. I think he strikes me as somebody's going to be a freaky villain. Um, so I'm kind of really psyched for this project. And I think like you, we, when we last show, if you didn't listen, we did a whole, like who's going to succeed in 2022 Marvel or DC. And my whole thesis was that DC's kind of, synchronicity between these hbo max projects whether they're tv shows or movies and the theatrical universe of movies is going to be really established like you said by something like batgirl which they are now making an hbo max feature but rumors has it that if this does what we think it could do leslie grace will then step in as kind of the main bat person in the movie franchise and and larger team-ups so i'm really excited for that I'm really excited that DC is actually treating the small screen like it's a real full-fledged extension of the movie universe. So, uh, and then we can get a new Birds of Prey with Batgirl in it. Yeah, I really. And then Jerry Smollett's Black Canary, and that would be that would rule too, right? There's a lot. There's a lot to do. Um, All right, so I know we got to roll in the comics, but we did want to touch on the Batman, right? Batman gonna be 167 minutes, y'all. <laughs> with credits, guys. I mean, and with previews, this you're talking in like three hours, ten minutes, roughly, is what it was gonna be as an experience if you want to uh yeah, if you if you're gonna go see the Batman. So it is the longest Batman movie ever, but Ooh. the actual runtime of it is 167 minutes of actual film without credits. So that is two minutes longer than uh, The Dark Knight Rises, which was the longest one at 165 minutes. And it's also the third longest comic book movie 
of all time behind Zack Snyder's Justice League, which ain't never getting touched, yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> and Avengers Endgame, which, of course, was, you know, the biggest event in Marvel Cinematic Universe. So um, I, I'm, I'm, those, I'm the person who never I am not one of those 90s have to movies have to be 90 minutes. People, I think a movie has to be as long as it needs to be to tell a good story. Um, I think some movies <laughs> tell great stories in 90 minutes. Or even 80 minutes. I think some stories tell great, or some movies tell great stories in three hours. Like, nobody's going to ever come to me and be like, The Godfather needs to be shaved down by an hour. I'm just going to be like, What? Like, yeah, get out Gladiator of my house. was amazing. Like, yeah, I like, yeah, we're not. So, yeah, exactly. So, I'm going to sit through those things. So, yeah, um, I think it's as long as it needs to be and as long as it can keep our attention and, and, not feel like five hours, like, or have like 15 epilogues, like Lord of the Rings, you know, three, <laughs> like, I think we're good. Um, I think I'm going to be good with that. I've waited years for this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I just yeah, wish they'd offer like bathroom breaks. That'd be yeah, great. Like that's, that's if you're thing, in yeah. a live theater, like you'd, you'd get an intermission and you could like go use the restroom. Cause I'm that annoying person that wants to drink a beer while I watch a movie. And I'm like running, trying to find a spot where, when do I go do this? And then I have to come back and then I'm whispering like, did I miss anything? And then everybody's like, stop talking. And it's very frustrating. Um, but yeah, for me, more content, the longer, the better. Let's go. Yeah, so yeah. my 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 pregnant wife, uh, I told her last night that the the Batman was going to be three hours, <laughs> and her her mind went immediately there as well. It was like, where I got to go to the bathroom? Uh, and we're talking about someone who uh, went to Spider Man No Way Home and was judging judging so many people because you'd sit back and you'd watch so many people leave to go to the bathroom, and it's like, what are you doing? Like it's you can't distract it. Yeah, don't go to the bathroom. Like you just hold it. <laughs> And like again, she's judging people because she's pregnant. She's like, I'm pregnant and I'm holding my pee to watch this Spider-Man movie. What are you doing? Uh, it was the best thing was when the movie ended. She uh, watched the first end end scene. Then she ran to the bathroom <laughs> and then came back in enough time to catch the wow. last. And she did it on Good purpose. She typed it on purpose. I know. She's a pro. Bravo to her. That is Bravo awesome. to her. Uh, oh, wow. So, so that was her main concern: is when am I going to go to the bathroom during this three-hour movie? Luckily, watching uh, Justice League, is, we watched it at home, so we were able to pause it and yeah. go to the bathroom. When that yeah, that's great. <laughs> huge thing. But I, I will never get up and go to the bathroom in, in a movie theater, so I can fully expect about an hour and a half into the Batman, I'm going to be very uncomfortable. But hopefully <laughs> the content is good enough to justify that uncomfortableness. I've gone to the point where I try to, like, starve myself like i don't drink anything for hours leading up to movies because i'm so worried that just shrinks your bladder so you're just then making a problem for you and then i drink the beer at the theater and i i just ruin it every time i mess it up but i enjoyed venom more than almost everyone at comic book because i was drinking a beer watching it so (laughs) you you're like janelle willie you're not the only person who's drinking in movie theaters i always have to get a, a freeze frame and that's like my tradition that was the best one matt that was a good one that was uh, a really good one. I was like, wow, he thought that was really funny. <laughs> uh, I, oh, it was. That's, I have, like, yeah. at this point, I think I've got a collection of frozen, of like frozen uh, camera images of me, and I'm going to be able to compile an album at the end of 2020. Yeah, I'm proud of that one. <laughs> it was really when good. I was telling, when I was telling that story, I was like, man, I'm killing it right now. Yeah, it's killing cool. <laughs> And I never stopped laughing. I was always <laughs> All right, we got we have finished up, but um, before we move to comics, I meant to do this when we came back from break. Um, uh, yeah, uh, weird place to put this, but I mean, I guess I don't want to forget it at the end. So just 
Yes, um, people in the comments have mentioned, but yes, we are aware of two big losses in the industry today. Uh, Meatloaf passed away and Louis Anderson both passed away uh, and 2021 just continues to kind of wipe our artistic talent away clean. If you love stuff from your childhood, it's been a crazy year so far, but um, RIP to those two great influential musician, comedian, both actors, both responsible for some of our favorite movies from coming to America to fight club, Rocky horror picture show, um, you know, bad out of hell is one of the greatest selling albums and for good reason of all time. Yeah, you just can't say enough. Um, yeah, so RIP to both Meatloaf and Louis Anderson. Uh, we don't try to bring it down here too often, but I just wanted to make sure we didn't seem callous like we don't know. Yeah, we, we do. We're always aware of these things. We, we have to, I mean, the nature of our job always puts this in our faces, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to be missing them. So now back to happy, fantastical stuff. Matt, what's comics? Bring everybody up a little bit. Oh, well, oh, that's yeah, right. That Your boy like, yeah, that seems like oh. uh, that was that's not great. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, not a great segue. Um, so, OK, so uh, some unfortunate news uh, on on comics front first. Uh, Strange Academy, uh, which is a really fun book, um, is going to be kind of coming to a close with number 18. Now, this is the first semester. So they did tease that it is will return in the summer. Um in some form or fashion. We don't know if that's going to be an ongoing or a, you know, series of one shots or it's going to be tied into something else or whatever. So people were bummed, obviously that the book is kind of coming to a close, at least for now. Um, but at least it was hopeful that, you know, it can, it can return in some form. We were going to actually talk about this because uh, a fan uh, brought it up and it was a great idea uh, that like, we were going to start a, where we read, like pick a series that we haven't, all of us haven't caught up yet. Uh, or we haven't touched on in the show and we're going to read it and it's going to be like a longer thing. So like strange Academy, right. It's going to have 18 issues at that point it might be really good to go ahead and do like a deep dive on that where we're all caught up. We talk about the book and the run once we've ended it. And then we can like have that ready for whenever the next series launches. So we're going to, we're kind of thinking about that. What, what, series we should do it with first so if you've got recommendations you can moon knight comments let's get moon started one. yeah let's moon Knight's one. uh you can throw them in the comments you can throw them up on twitter uh, at any of us and uh we'll figure out what we want to start with um and then moving to the the biggest news of the comics week was the uh death of the justice league so uh an event that is going to kind of cap off uh the current bendis led justice league run now bendis is not writing justice league number 75 um but this one is going to do what it says. It's kind of it's the the anniversary of the death of Superman, so they're going to kind of do something where they take some big characters off the board, and the intent is to do it for a while. So you know, anti Batman R.I.P. because like he was gone, it felt like a blip, <laughs> and then they brought him back. Uh, you know, for but like death of Wolverine, that was like he was actually gone a little while, and you were actually able to kind of miss him, even though Old Man Logan kind of stepped in that role. But I digress. So in this case, they're going to take. A lot of the league members off. There's going to be one surviving member. We don't know who that is yet, obviously. And uh, that person's going to kind of be talking about dealing with the trauma of losing these people. We're going to see people step into these roles. And it's going to be a world without a Justice League for a while. Um, people are kind of guessing it maybe about a year uh, without them. So that that is interesting. If they stick to that and they don't, you know, kind of go back on their word too early. Uh, we, this could be interesting uh, shakeup for the universe. So that is going to be hitting with Justice League number 75. All right, let's move into comics. So uh, first up, we're going with Batman the Knight number one, uh, which is Chip Zdarsky's 
uh, new Batman series that explores the origin story of Batman and Bruce Wayne in a different way. This essentially is instead of telling the story of how Bruce Wayne started training and to become Batman, like when he's already at the point where he's decided to do it, this kind of fills in the space between when he's actually right after as he's dealing with the grief of his parents losing them and Alfred's kind of learning how to parent that time in between of like, how do you parent someone like this? Who's going through all these things and, and him kind of figuring out what he wants to do with his life. All of that stuff is what Batman the night kind of focuses in on. Um, I really enjoyed this. I was not, when this was announced, I was like, do we need another, you know, Batman origin story? Like Batman's origin is one of the most well-known things. I feel like a pop culture, you know, kind of right up there with uncle Ben and Spider-Man, right? There's those two are right there, but this was really interesting just in the way that Bruce interacts uh, with people. There's a, there's a character here named Dana who he forms a, a friendship and then, and later kind of a relationship with, and she checks him on a lot of things and, and Alfred trying to figure out how to be a father when he's just, he's been a Butler. And so he's been a, a guardian kind of to Bruce, but not in this way. It's really, there's a lot of really interesting stuff here. So I, I really enjoyed this. It was way more interesting than I expected it to be just from the premise. Um, and it's a really gorgeous book as well. But, uh, you know, what'd you guys think? I'm on the opposite end. I'm just going to keep this brief. I think everything you said is I'm the opposite. I think I'm with the camp of people. I love Chip Sadesky, but I don't think like, I don't think this project needs to exist. There was nothing in this that made me say this should exist. I think we've done reframings of the early days better with Robin and Batman that we just discussed and how effective that was. I think alternate Batman stories and, and kind of origin stories like uh, Dark Knights of Steel is even making like, you know, that is, or what is it? What I forget what that is. It's called Dark Knights of Steel, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a better kind of more interesting look at a Batman story. And I, and I still think like the year one, year two, all that stuff is way more interesting. The, I've never sat down and be like, I really want to know what Bruce Wayne went through as a kid. <laughs> like that'll never be interesting to me about how this rich kid got his mad, focused his mad, you know, into becoming Batman. Like if you want to do more about him leaving Gotham and going around the world, like that kind of stuff interests me. This in his schoolyard chums and him bullying other kids and using psychological terror he developed as a school child. I don't need any of this. Like none of this is necessary. And I thought any that part kind was. of <laughs> but it's just the moment like, under the tree. Uh, when it, he's it's like, like looking and it's all shadow. Oh man, I thought that. it feels like another one of those weird DC like let's put everybody in high school series and like it's just it, I don't I don't need this and it just I don't know why it exists. That's that's just kind of like how I came away feeling about that. Uh, I will say, I will say, I will say that going back to an earlier conversation, I feel like this Batman would kill somebody. He <laughs> 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 was like, he has it in him to kill somebody. Yeah. Uh, maybe it just, I, I thought the premise was super interesting. Maybe it's just where I'm at in my life currently, but I found myself really sympathizing with Alfred mm -hmm. in this, in this book. <laughs> Again, that might be more of where I'm going in my life. Right. But uh, I really could see things from Alfred's point of view and having to deal with uh, how Bruce was as a, as a youngster. Uh, but like I guess I thought it was very interesting. I, I enjoyed uh, seeing different sides of Bruce, like in the fight ring and just things like that. Yeah, that just, uh, it just, it just, it's a fun take on it. So like I said, it was very interesting to me. Janelle? Yeah, I also really liked seeing little hints of each of his like characteristics, like the, you know, making the kid think he was cursed, like the psychological stuff. I loved the detective work. He figured out what the psychiatrist or psychologist was doing. 
and, you know, the fighting scene. I just felt like it all was laid out perfectly and really nicely. Like why, like kind of reflection of who he becomes and, and why, like how he started those, those things, like how he started the detective work, how he started, like it was just natural. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. I liked all our books this week. Yeah, we had a, it was it was a hard week to actually pick just three because there was like six that we could have easily put in here. Uh, next one, moving on to Marvel. I just want to add, if you ever wondered why, I mean, if you ever needed proof that, you know, Damian Wayne's punk assery is hereditary, <laughs> like this is a good this is a good you argument gotta, for that. Why are you going to hate on Damian Wayne? <laughs> I'm not. I love Damian Wayne, but all the people who hate on him. I mean, this book really, really shows he's his father. Well, here's son. the thing. I do agree with that. If you don't if you don't like. Damian Wayne, but you like like Bruce here. I do kind of go, okay, well, <laughs> there's a lot of similar. I agree in that respect. Um, okay, so let me this so we're gonna move on to the lives of Wolverine, but because they keep changing it, is it X lives of Wolverine or is it 10 lives of Wolverine? I don't I'm, know. I'm not sure. There are 10 books. Uh right. It's uh, one yeah. of those things where like powers of 10 and, and house of X. I, I didn't know yeah. what to call this, so we'll just go with. Lives of Wolverine. (laughs) I would say 10 lives makes more sense because of the narrative structure. Um, So maybe we'll stick with that. We'll go with 10 lives of Wolverine. Uh, 10 lives of Wolverine number one is uh, the, there's actually going to be two ongoing books. Uh, The other one I believe hits next week, uh, which is Deaths of Wolverine. So these will kind of run concurrently and tell this long kind of sprawling story. Um, Ben Percy of of X-Force uh, is writing this one. He is an admittedly huge Wolverine. Like he's a Wolverine super fan. Uh, and so if you read X-Force, you can tell like the enthusiasm is there for, for Wolverine. Uh, and this one essentially kind of presents this thing of, you know, in addition to his many jobs uh, on Krakoa, uh, Wolverine is also sort of the protector of Charles Xavier um, in in the past as well. Like this story really just has him <laughs> defending the Xavier family and they go back in, he's back in time. The Omega red stuff in this is to me, the most mysterious and therefore probably the most interesting uh, aspects of this. I didn't really know what to expect with this, with this book and this series. Um, but I don't know. I came away way more pumped about it than I was going in. Cause I just didn't know much. Um, but I ended up liking it. I don't know where I will be curious to see where this goes and how it also ties into the deaths and, and all that stuff. Uh, but the Omega red stuff in here and his kind of movement, you know, his whole amnesty thing with Krakoa and all that stuff and how he's able to do this. That stuff is the most interesting part to me. I ended up really enjoying this um, way more than I expected to, I feel like. Uh, but you know, what'd you guys think? Um, I don't know what the hell is going on with this book, but I, I didn't need to. <laughs> Uh, I, I think that this book kept, I mean, this is probably from anything I read or watched this week, this was like the most like visceral edge of your seat kind of exciting one. Yeah. Um, this whole, I mean, and I was like, I had to look at the front after I was done. I was like, what kind of, I was like, is Marvel going black label? Like, what is this? this yeah, it's like, pretty, pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal. Now. Like a bunch of people getting murdered in the house while a baby's being born umbilical cords are getting cut. Like it's pretty, <laughs> um, Sorry, Johnny, that we made you do this this week. I know. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I was going to get into that. I was going to get into that. I was like, you know, these books are picked out for me this week. I don't know what that's going on. But, uh, like, I was reading yeah. this. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Worst case scenario. Great. It was so viscerally exciting that I can wait on the mysteries. Like, I can wait on the mysteries. Because you know me. I like even – I don't need everything answered as long as the premise is simple enough. Mm-hmm. And trying to keep Charles Xavier alive in time uh, from this – 
really crazy, scary killer is is enough. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know how Omega Red's doing this yet. I know there's a way. I know everything that's happening. Russia's been plotting something this whole time in the books. So, you know, so I know we're going to get there. Um, yeah, I love that we're pulling the days of future past yeah. thing and making it like an official thing now in X-Men that Wolverine's capable of doing this kind of weird time travel, basically sending his consciousness back to like other since he's been alive so long to other Wolverines in time. Um, love that. Cause I love days of future past the movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, the initial excitement and the violence and just the kind of terror of what's happening here really carried me through in it. And it felt like a Wolverine story um, yeah. very much, but yeah, I hope it all comes together, but this was an exciting start for this kind of head bending whatever the hell is happening here. Yeah, I'm sorry, Johnny, for this week was yeah. very heavy. <laughs> no, I was like, I got it. It was like my whole, I, the first two books, it was like, oh my God, like I got to deal with Alfred uh, getting ready to be a father, like dealing with fatherhood issues. And then we went into the Wolverine book and I'm, I'm a big Wolverine guy, but I had no idea what the hell was going on. And then I was like, oh, wait, what's going on here? And then obviously the uh, cutting of the umbilical cord, which I was like, oh, that was, that's a, what a way to do that. Uh, yeah. I don't think, I don't think I'll be experiencing that uh, in, <laughs> in three weeks, but yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and like I was saying though, uh, what, what a roller coaster ride. I felt like I read these books with different eyes than I would have read them on <laughs> a year ago. Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was definitely a, uh, Definitely going to give me something to think about. Unforgettable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can, as we've gone on with this show, especially, uh, you know, uh, my journey in the, in the fatherhood, you can tell, and Kobe always gives me a hard time, but you can tell when like certain books resonate with me just because where I am in life and I approach it a different way. He's like, you're such a, you're such a new dad. I was like, I "I know. Sorry. Um, Janelle, what do you think? Oh gosh. I mean, I'll, I'll be really quick. I, this is like the first X-Men book that I wasn't mad that it was long. <laughs> like I was just like, this is just so many pages. Like why are there so many pages always with X-Men? But yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It was riveting, really exciting. And I think it's, it's just a different look and really cool. We got Janelle excited about a next book. I'll take that for a win. Yay. I'll take that as a win. Uh, I love House I, of M. <laughs> House of M is great. Um, I love House of M. <laughs> moving in because I know we got a, a wrap. To the poll winner, thank you everyone for voting in the poll. Uh, something lighter, thank the Lord. We're going to go with something lighter. <laughs> She-Hulk, even though She-Hulk number one also deals with uh, some actually really interesting character um, growth and, and things exploring like Jennifer's life uh, kind of outside of Avengers HQ and like she's you know not trying to live in the giant celestial headquarters now she's trying to kind of start from the ground up as far as her career and and she's light on money and she's so there's a lot of like relatable very relatable very uh just kind of everyday struggles uh in her life right now uh that's kind of outside of the superhero stuff um but like I I really love this uh I'm I'm when She-Hulk is this style of character so like when we when we kind of dive into the relatable she's in the real not even real world she's in the regular world more than she is in the superhero world that is when i gravitate towards she hulk books and so this very much dips into that you know you see she has this like tiny office she's so happy that uh jan like lets her crash at her pad and like has all these clothes and things because she's like really light on money right now like there's just a lot of that stuff the whole fight club with titania uh, like that whole 
conversation as they're fighting and like she doesn't want to ruin her one suit mm -hmm. so she, she like takes it off so she can fight that stuff is just really uh that's just, just really charming and funny and so i i came away with this um really happy like this was just a perfect book actually i read this the last of all the books and so this was like the perfect palate cleanser <laughs> i kind of needed that and so yeah i was happy about this what you guys think I think this would have been great as a free web comic. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm, I, I'm being serious. Like, it was just such a slice of life and felt so small for like a first issue that it would have been a great free like web comic. I'm not kidding. I, I think it's clear that Marvel is syncing up mm -hmm. She Hawked with the show. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what it felt like. But it, it was good. It was good to see a different kind of influence on She-Hulk and really get into kind of, I feel like this is getting into more of modern. And I don't want to say like, I don't want to confuse the term, but modern feminine take on She-Hulk. Like the whole thing with Tatiana is like a great little metaphor for like, yeah, we don't have to do these weird, like male kind of conceived superhero tropes where you and I like beat the crap out of each other in an alleyway and have all these problems like there, we can figure this out a different way and kind of going down that route with this, these two women kind of talking about their needs and their need to kind of like blow off steam and deal with their life and connect and, and do it and, and do that and figure this thing out was kind of uh, refreshing and fun. But like, like I said, I feel like this is obviously something to sync with the upcoming TV show. And I would have loved this as a free web comic before we got into something more comic and an epic. Uh, Johnny, how did this work for you? Was this better? Yeah, this, yeah. This so better? again, I, I was like you, Matt, where I, I read this last. So I read the Wolverine book uh, and, you know, experienced worst case scenario of childbirth. And then uh, <laughs> and then I read this book and it made me much happier. Uh, I, I, I enjoy when things have a bit of levity to them. I think that's why I go towards Marvel a little bit more. And that's my biggest problem with DC. But also... I, that's why I love Peacemaker so much because it has that bit of levity and uh, humanization to it. Um, I felt like that is the best part about this book is it's very humanizing. It's very realistic. And, and it, it's, it's weird to say it's realistic, but it is right. kind of realistic. Uh, but I think that's the best part of it. If you can, you can picture her in this current world we live in. I think that's the best part of it. Yeah. Janelle. I, it, it was just a quick, easy read. And I like anything that's prepping me for any type of like movie or TV content, because I don't have that incredible knowledge and familiarity that you guys have since like childhood with these characters. So I didn't mind this. I would absolutely love, like, I wish I had one of these for every single show movie that's coming out. And, uh, and I, I just really, I liked it as quick, easy read and really fun to look at. Yeah, it was, it was actually uh, I love the artwork mm -hmm. uh, style, and it's uh, I'm blanking on who did the artwork on this book at the moment, but yeah, uh, really impressive. So yeah, that is, that is comics. Um, a lot of comic stuff happening, but a lot of great books out there. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for the show this week. Oh, uh, Matt, you wanted to uh, mention something in gaming, huh? Yeah, but we don't have time for that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Next time. That's a, a lot whole... of big stuff happening in anime right now. Go to comicbook.com anime. I don't have time to break it all down here. Attack on Titan, My Hero Academia, Dragon Ball, Boruto, a bunch of stuff going down. So be sure to Juju Kite, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, like a lot of stuff happening. So if you're an anime fan, check out our comicbook.com anime page. Otherwise, that's the end of our show this week. We want to thank Johnny Gargano for thank coming in so and uh, thanks guys for his audition for uh, as our guest host. Yeah, thank you. Anytime we'll definitely be coming by the street. 
too. Yeah, yeah please, please. I'll come yes. by yours too as well. Oh, yeah. Twitch.tv slash the Johnny Wrestling. Come hang out. I normally do Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. So come say hi. All yeah. right. Thank you again. Uh, if you guys are just getting into Comic Book Nation, we are your one-stop shop for all things geek culture. We cover it all, as you saw in our con- join us every week. You can follow us at Comic Book Nation on Twitter. You can also subscribe to the podcast to listen to on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Or if you want to watch it, we stream on Paramount Plus every week. Or you can watch here on Twitch backslash comic book on YouTube at comic book on YouTube and on the comicbook.com Facebook page in our video section. So that's where you can find us. If you want to contact us individually, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. At Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler. And Johnny, where can we find you on the socials? You can find me at Johnny Argano on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Thank you, guys. If you're just tuning in, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review so the show looks good. Thank you. And subscribe on all your platforms. Otherwise, we will see you guys next Friday when Comic Book Nation Season 4 returns for another new episode that is... We got some stacked episodes coming, guys. So, uh, yeah, make sure you stay tuned. We'll see you next time. Peace. Bye, guys.